Hey there, I'm Charlie Dice, and you're listening to the Life Beyond Infertility Podcast, a podcast devoted to providing information and sharing stories surrounding how to accept your infertility and learning to live a happy, fulfilled life beyond it. As a life after infertility coach and someone who's personally been through the ups and downs of trying to conceive and passionate about helping women feel confident and empowered to take their lives back and find the joy in them again. I believe this area is a crucial missing link in the infertility space. And by talking about it and sharing our stories, we help break the stigma. So let's dive in. All right. So welcome back to the Life Beyond Infertility podcast. I'm very excited. Today, I have two special guests, actually. I will let them introduce themselves in just a minute. We are speaking with folks from Your Eggs. They are one of the largest egg donor banks in the world. They have offices in San Diego and Newport Beach, California. And since 2018, they've welcomed donors and intended parents of all kinds. They also wholeheartedly support the LGBTQ IA Plus, and the team aims to provide exceptional services to egg donors and prospective parents. Egg donors can expect the finest care and heartfelt respect for their life-changing gift of eggs. I am joined by Dion. I'll let you go first, introduce yourself. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much, Charlie. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, I'm Dion, and I've been working in the fertility world for over 20 years. And here at Your Eggs, I am I get to work with intended parents as well as with egg donors. And the favorite part of my job is, is matching the intended parents to the perfect, the perfect egg donor for them and seeing them bring home, bring home their baby and adding to their family. And then I'm, I'm joined here by Dr. Mark Squar, also an ambassador for your eggs, and I'll let him introduce himself. Yeah, thanks so much for having us. As Dion mentioned, I'm I'm Dr. Mark Sklar. I am one of the ambassadors for uh, Your Eggs, and I primarily joined Your Eggs really because I wanted to make sure that um, intended parents were educated and informed um, and able to make the best decision for themselves on their fertility journeys, the right information, and if donor, if egg donor was an option for them, you know, I wanted to make sure that they understood it properly and had all the right decisions to pick and choose the proper donor for themselves on their fertility journeys to hopefully have a, the family of their dreams. Yeah, that's amazing. And I, I, you know, Dion had reached out to me to be a guest on the podcast. And I absolutely jumped at the chance because I wish I had known about you guys when I was going through my infertility journey. And I think a lot of folks, you know, maybe don't even know that this is a, an option for them um, that they can pursue. So I want to start out you telling the listeners, you know, how did your eggs come about? How did you get into this, this mission, you know, that you're doing now and helping folks? Your eggs started by Dr. Wood, as well as another group of people who wanted to start this company. And it's basically, as you know, going through the fertility can be can be very, very difficult. And many people having multiple failed IVF cycles, you know, and, and not able to build the family that they wanted to. So your eggs really wanted to make the process give parents another chance 
for having a baby and building their family, as well as the opportunity to make sure that they can find the right match and to make the process much less stressful because the process can be very stressful for people and we really don't want people to be going through it alone. So Your Egg started with a team of people who are very dedicated to helping helping parents fulfill their dreams and being with them every step of the way. Many of the people that are part of Your Egg's team either did egg donation themselves or went through infertility treatments themselves. So it was really important to everyone on the team to make this a much better option for people looking to build their families. Yeah, I think the thing that I would add to that is that Your Eggs had a couple of ideas or goals when, when it was created. One was to fill a need. There was a space that was needed in the egg donor agency area where there wasn't the technology behind it to support intended parents and make things easier. So one of the goals with your eggs was to make the process of choosing an egg donor or for those who want to be donors who are donating their eggs to make that process easier for everyone. And so the technology side of your eggs where we've got an app that allows for the interface of either side with your eggs and with the team here behind the scenes was one of the bigger goals that we wanted to achieve and, and have achieved by creating the agency and the other is to really be there for the intended parents. It's a really difficult decision to decide to have or choose to go down that path of, of having an egg donor. And we wanted to have a team that was compassionate, that had experience personally that went through it and understood why something, why intended parents were going through it and, and how to be there for them, right? So we're, we don't see ourselves just as an agency just to match an intended parent with, uh, with a donor um, and then our job is done. We really want to be there at every, every step of the way um, and really Really meet the, the intended parents where they're at and, and help them and guide them through the process in really a kind, compassionate way so that they feel like they were supported. Yeah. And speaking to that, I mean, do you have on staff therapists or other folks that are actually, because I mean, I work in the in the support area of infertility and it sounds like you guys really do as well. And, and that's a very big piece and, and very dear to your hearts in this journey in this business. So when someone comes in or contacts you about either being a donor or, you know, purchasing donated eggs, can you talk a little bit about the support process that they go through? Is it an application or is it a an interview? Yeah, yeah. So definitely it's, a, it's all, all of the above. Yeah, all <laughs> yeah okay. Yeah. Right. It is it is all of the above. It'll start with for both the donors as well as for the intended parents. The donors will start with an, a general application and then it'll move on to an interview process because we really want to make sure that anyone who's donating their eggs is really motivated by the right reasons and fully understands the process so that they're making a, a very well-informed decision and then that they have access to psychological support before starting a cycle as well as throughout, throughout a cycle. And then it, it really goes the same for the intended parents. We also, you know, very closely work with them, interviewing them. We have, you know, psychological counseling available as well. 
or intended parents, because this is an emotional process for everyone involved. And our coordinators really facilitate the process by being there for both sides, both for the donors, as well as for the intended parents and, and helping them every every step along the way from, you know, the emotional perspective, you know, physical part, as well as the legal part. You know, there's a lot involved in, in the egg donation process. And, and that's why our, our experts really work around the clock to make sure everyone has all their answers questions and understands the process fully. Yeah. And I think maybe there's a um, misconception out there that anyone who wants to be a donor can be a donor. It's not really the case. We get upwards of, you know, 20 plus applications. What, yeah, on a, every week. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, there was one week where we had over 200 applications uh-huh. yes. um, for donors. And most of those applications don't make it through to the end to become donors Mm -hmm. because they come into it either for the wrong reasons or um, they didn't realize what the whole process was like. And so we have to filter all of that on our end. And that takes, you know, that takes some time and they have to be screened properly and go through evaluations properly. So Mm -hmm. we, we have a huge amount of donors, but for even the the large amount of donors that we have that have mm-hmm. actually gone through the entire process and been successful and and been approved and accepted, we have probably five times or 10 times the amount of individuals who have applied to become a donor and mm-hmm. have not made it till the end. And so that's partly because of our screening process is so rigorous and partly because we want to make sure that those individuals are doing it for the right reason. Mm-hmm. I'm very well informed. To, yeah. to Mark's point, we have had over, over, over 100,000 applicants and right now in our database, we have over 1,600 approved donors, yeah. just to give you an idea of how rigorous the process is. Wow, that's incredible. I never would have imagined that it had been that much, but that's amazing. I mean, I think it speaks to what you guys are doing and, you know, how well you're doing it. One of the the questions that I know I am, you know, I get it from a lot of the listeners, especially since a lot of us have been through expensive infertility treatments. Mm-hmm. How does this kind of compare? I mean, just ballpark numbers to traditional infertility treatments as an option for a future family. Yeah, yeah, definitely. As you know, fertility treatments in general can be very expensive. And I think that's part of what's really important and unique about your eggs is that in addition to offering the full fresh cycle, which is very expensive and allows people to have all of the eggs within within one cycle, which often allows people to come back and have siblings and you know have, have many opportunities to build their family. Uh, we also offer the split fresh cycles, which is going to be a lot less expensive where, you know, parents can split the the donor's eggs um, with another set of parents, or they can purchase six or nine eggs and the rest of the eggs can be frozen, either some for the donor or some for another future parents coming in. Um, In addition, they can also choose to buy a number of eggs from our frozen egg bank if they really like one of the donors who already has eggs there. And that can be much, much less costly and and not too much more expensive than, than a regular IVF cycle. Yeah, that's that's actually the most affordable way to do it mm-hmm. is, is um, getting eggs that have already been frozen for from another cycle. Like Dion was mentioning, you know, someone had I don't want to say extra, but they had more than they wanted, and mm-hmm. so they those were frozen. And then the most costly would be just getting all of those um, eggs from a fresh donor um, mm-hmm. that they can use themselves. 
But in the end, it's the cost is the same as a regular IVF cycle. And then you're adding on the fee for the donor. And so that's going to vary. If, yeah. if you're if you're doing the fresh cycle um, where you get to choose a donor um, and they are coming in and doing the cycle, you know, the stimulation for that intended parent, those parents get all the eggs from that fresh stimulation cycle. Mm-hmm then that's probably the most costly. And, and a lot of that varies just best based on the amount that the individual donor is asking for. Someone who may have never been a donor before, but wants to be a donor, the fee for that individual might be much less. Let's just say a couple thousand dollars or $5,000 or something like that, where someone who has had multiple successes and has has been a proven donor before, their fee could be much higher. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there could be those who maybe are highly sought after because of their education, their background, whatever it might be, that might be a uh, an individual who can, you know, quite frankly, demand a much higher price tag. Yeah, like, like Mark is, is saying, much of the, the cost is often determined by, you know, a combination of the intended parents and how they want to do the cycle and then who they choose. And if it's going to be someone local versus someone who may be traveling there. Because right. if you're doing a full fresh cycle and you choose someone from out of town, you know, that can add some different added expenses. So yeah. It can really vary to being just not too much more than regular than a regular fresh cycle, especially someone who's had multiple cycles versus being, you know, much more if someone wants someone with an Ivy League education or a proven right. donor, as Mark was saying. So so the cost really varies, but it can be much more affordable than what people think, given all the options that we have available here at your age. And I, I do think that part of that piece is so important where that's why our team is so valuable here because as they are doing the screening process and they're talking to the intended parents they get an understanding for all the things that they're looking for and where their thresholds are right like we're, we can afford this but we can't afford that so mm-hmm. we can have that conversation inside well maybe a split frozen cycle or just mm-hmm. some looking at frozen eggs that we already have banked might be a better option for you than um, doing a full fresh cycle where you get to choose the donor and you get all the eggs. And so it's a lot of that is really about understanding the intended parents, what their needs are, what their preferences are, and then trying to meet them where they are at and see what we can, you know, how we can bridge that and, and match somebody with them. Yeah. So would it be correct to say, I mean, it sounds like it's a very, or can be a very personalized plan or 100 <laughs> percent yeah exactly it is very personalized and that's why it is a very much a concierge service with coordinators really spending a lot of time with each and every person throughout the entire process and really customizing their egg donation cycle to them because many people coming into it can be very nervous but then when they start working one-on-one with their coordinator and they realize all the different options and you know and how much help they're going to have along the way, people get really excited about egg donation, even if they weren't to start with. Yeah, I mean, we have stories, you know, where there was a couple from from Florida uh-huh. who and, and Dion might chime in with some extra details that I might leave out. But, yeah. <laughs> but there was a couple from Florida that they want to know all the costs up front, mm-hmm. right? They want to understand well, if we're flying in from Florida or and the donors flying in from Florida, mm-hmm. we want to understand all of that up front. So they worked with their coordinator to get all of those details in advance. Mm-hmm. And there was another couple um, was uh, from Southeast Asia, and they were very, very particular mm-hmm. about the region that they wanted their donor from. 
right? So it had to be a very personalized experience and service for them so that they could get those exact details. Now, every intended parent is not as specific as um, these two examples, but that's where that personalization comes in and the ability for the coordinator that they're working with to understand those details, those nuances that will make those intended parents happy to the place where they're comfortable moving forward. Yeah, that's really incredible. I really wish I would have known about you guys when I was going through this. Um, Yeah, it just sounds like an amazing experience. And something, you know, so I'm 36, which I know in the realm of fertility, you know, isn't ancient, but it's not young either. My husband and I wanted to be, you know, financially stable, have done some traveling, things like that. But what I wish I would have known is that we should have started earlier. We at least should have started thinking and planning earlier to maybe have preserved my eggs or maybe have done something that would have given us a better chance of having a family when we were actually ready to. Do you have, I mean, can you speak to the general age of the people that you work with or maybe recommend people start this process as early as possible to give themselves the best chance of success? You mean starting the the donor process or the IVF process? The donor process and then also on the other side for the intended parents. Yeah, I, look, I, I mean, I think for intended parents, the sooner you can start taking action and being proactive to support your fertility in whatever method you think you're going to be comfortable doing um, and open to, and then I, I think it's really important that you take those steps up front, mm-hmm. you know, regardless of of your age, if you feel like you're young or, or not. Um, I think the sooner you can do that, the better your chances and your options, the more options you're going to have when you when you do come to that point in time. But you know, this is when we're when you're trying to decide if you're going to be open to and, and using a donor. It's a really personal decision, mm-hmm. and I think having those conversations up front early on with your partner, even if you don't have to make those decisions right then and there, mm-hmm. right? To find out where your threshold is, where where is each individual person's comfort level? What are they willing to do to have a family? What are they not willing to do? Mm-hmm. I think that's such an important piece in this. So, you know, I always recommend that couple sit down as they're starting to try and then say, before the pressure mounts on us. And before we feel the stress of like trying to have children and feeling we're up against the clock, just sit down and and have a conversation and um, get a gauge for where each one of you are at. Mm -hmm. And what what are you comfortable with? What aren't you comfortable with? Because this is a world that I've lived in for the last 20 years. Before I decided to have children, my wife and I sat down, we had a conversation and what are we comfortable doing? Mm-hmm. What aren't we comfortable doing? And how far are we willing to go? It doesn't mean that the decisions you make in that conversation are the end all mm-hmm. be all and they can't be changed. It just gives you a place to start and a place to move from. In the future, when you're faced with other, um, with maybe some challenges, at least you have an idea of where you both stand. And then you can also ha- revisit that conversation to see, you know, maybe our minds have changed a little bit. Maybe we are now that. Now that we're trying and maybe it wasn't as easy as we thought, maybe we are willing to take some additional steps that we weren't willing to do before. And so just constantly checking in at certain crucial times, I don't recommend having that conversation on a monthly basis, but you know, draw that line in the sand and then be open to have revisiting that conversation at some point so that you can come back to that. I think that's really an important thing. And the sooner you can 
have those conversations and the sooner you can be proactive about your fertility, the better. Now, maybe some of that, I think you alluded to it in the question, like maybe some of that is, are we open to freezing our eggs right now before we take, before we wait to have a family and go traveling and explore the world and do all the things that we want to do together as a couple? You know, maybe it does make sense to spend a little bit of time um, in advance and, and freeze our eggs so we feel more comfortable in the future. And that that's really an insurance policy that you're deciding on and, and thinking that you might want to spend that money on. But all of making embryos like or making said, embryos, making right? Embryos if you're Actually, with your partner, with, right? with your yeah. partner would be my right. Preference, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. We ha- yeah. we actually had that conversation earlier, which is why Dion mentioned it. But yeah, I, I I always feel like if you can create embryos in advance, that's your best option. And so, in a situation like you know you and your husband having that conversation, saying, "Well, let's create some embryos, even though we don't want to have children just yet, mm-hmm. and we can go travel and explore the world and not feel the stress and pressure of having to have children now or and not have to worry about it." That's a wonderful insurance policy if you can do that. We even have women who will come in and they may be in a serious relationship, but it hasn't moved to right. engage that. And we'll have women who come in. Oh, and they, yeah. I didn't think about that. They do both. They freeze their eggs in one cycle. They'll take half the eggs and freeze their eggs. And then they'll take half the eggs and fertilize them with their, you know, with serious um, partner. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, you know, this is opening up freedom for them and can really help many people feel much more secure about their future that, oh, okay, hopefully this relationship is going to work out and we already have embryos. Worst case scenario, it doesn't. I at least have eggs banked. So what's really amazing is there's just so many more options for both women and couples yeah. to plan for their future. People, women and men included, who, who aren't sure, like, oh, do we want children or do we not want children, just like many of the egg donors coming in, they think, I really want to help another family, I mean, another parents build their family, but I'm not so sure I want to myself. Well, we do often encourage them to freeze some of their eggs, you know, which your eggs will do for them. They'll freeze, you know, an egg. If they have enough eggs, we can freeze some for them in their cycle to plan for their their future because we don't really know exactly what, what the future holds or what we're going to want later. And we also have many couples who, you know, have failed IVF cycles and they never really considered egg donation. And then they take a break from fertility treatments and and then they come back and say, oh, I actually do want to do donor eggs now. And they get really excited about it and build their family that way. So I think it's, you know, doing some planning, but also just really keeping keeping our options open, um, which is really what's what's beautiful about what's happening in the field now is that it's opening up a lot of options for for people these days. Yeah, the people a lot smarter than we were, you know, having the foresight to be able to plan ahead like that. I wish, you know, I wish we would have done that. I don't know about smarter. And, I just think there's more options now and that and that people like you are doing an amazing job helping to educate everyone so that so that people are more aware of the options that they have now. So it's it's beautiful that you're educating people and so that more people do know what what they can do and what's possible. Yeah, no, thank you. I I very much appreciate that. One thing I ask all of my guests on the podcast, and it might be a little, a little different in your situation coming from the the sector that you are, but I always like to ask people, you know, what did you wish you knew prior to, in your case, the positions that you're in now, looking back 15 years ago, what did you, what would you have wished that you could tell people now in terms of what your family can look like or how you can get to that family that you want? You know, 
I think the biggest thing for me is couples want to, they want to be parents, I think, first and foremost. Obviously, they love those parents to be, they love those children to be biologically uh, theirs. But what I've seen repeatedly over and over and over again is that in the end, they really want to raise a child and pass on their lineage, their knowledge. They want to be able to teach someone and raise them like their own and really just create a family. And so if we can just take a moment to just realize that it's not always that that child needs to be biologically similar, it's that we really want to be parents and have a family that we can raise and share life experiences together, that that's really probably the most important thing. And every intended parent will always think about at some point, some for maybe more time and some for less time, you know, how am I going to feel about this child? Am I going to love this child the same way? Am I going to interact with this child the same way? And I can tell you 100%, every experience that I've seen over and over for the last 20 years is emphatically, they will not know the difference. That once that baby's in their arms and they're carrying it and they have to change diapers and <laughs> they have to feed them and they have to buy clothing and raise them, these children are their own. There is no difference. Um, and so I think for me, that's probably the biggest thing that comes out because that's a common fear or question that comes up when we're dealing with donors. In reality is, I'm not saying it's not important. I'm saying that in the long run, it won't matter. Wow. Yeah. yeah, that's really powerful. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, mm-hmm. along the same lines, it's just yeah. really be open, you know, be open to all the possibilities of how you're building your family, you know, through your partner, your friends, you know, and however, you know, children are going to come into your life and and how that family is going to grow is just to be really open to all the different possibilities out here in the universe, you know, whether that's through, does end up being through egg donation or adoption or fostering children, building a big friend database and supporting people through a nonprofit or something. I mean, there's just so many ways to be a family. I guess it's really just be open to the possibilities and don't close off any doors. Thank you so much, you know, we both for answering that question. It's always something I like to ask because we all know hindsight's twenty twenty, but just things that we would tell our younger selves or things that we've learned, I think is always beneficial to look back on. Well, I want to respect your time, both of you, and it'll be in the show notes afterwards, but tell the listeners, you know, where can they find more information about you and how can they get in touch? Yeah, well, the, there's two main ways to, to find us. The first is at our website, youreggs.com. My favorite way is through the app. So just go to your app store on your phone and type in your eggs and download the app. And whether you're an intended parent or um, you want to be a donor yourself, you can both interface with uh, your eggs with the agency through the app and either search or fill out applications and start the whole process that way. Yeah, and we definitely encourage people to just re- reach out to us also via the phone or or as as Mark said, you, you know, you can see the phone number there, the website, email us because we do have a wonderful team of coordinators that can really answer any any questions that people have. If people are just looking casually at you, um, are you on social media? Can they find you yeah. there as well? I was just going to say yes, yeah. and and we're on uh, TikTok and Instagram and Facebook and YouTube as well educational stuff out there on YouTube just started doing that as well. 
Amazing. Well, thank you again both so much. I very much appreciate it. I know that um, the listeners are are also going to appreciate this and just offering it as another option and another avenue, you know, for people to have that family that they've always dreamed of. It's probably indescribable what you offer them. So thank you again so much for being a part of the podcast. Uh, I'm very grateful. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us. If you like this episode, be sure to download, subscribe, and leave a review on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast. It really helps the show and helps me know the exact information my listeners want to talk about. For more information on accepting infertility and finding happiness beyond it, visit my website, www.charliedice.com. That's Charlie spelled C-H-A-R-L-I-E, Dice. D-I-C-E dot com. Stay tuned for next week's episode.